I want to start off today's episode uh, yeah. with a little bit of spam posting. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if you saw this, but Trump was spam posting on Maine on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram? Just, yeah, just, I, I, this was a couple of days ago. He was just repeatedly okay. posting over and over different videos that was like ranged from like 30 seconds to three minutes long. Just ranting just about like random shit. Hitting? and Freestyling? <laughs> I, I like to believe that he was like, put me in front of a camera and let me start going. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. That's good. And it's it's also just sad to see that he didn't do this on Twitter. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. He he doesn't have the reach that he had on Twitter on Instagram. You know, you know what I mean? Because tell me who's watching Reels. Exactly. Who's watching Reels? Exactly. People are going to discover this like three months later and, and then finally figure out, you know, if, <laughs> if he did post it on Twitter, he could be like, I got six trillion views. You know exactly. And then Benny Johnson would come through sucking his meat in the DMs. Just ridiculous. But uh, should, I, should I roll the clips? Yeah, we got two of them. Let's let's roll the first one here. All right. Let me let me see. Joe Biden's only campaign strategy is indicting me. That's all they can do. <laughs> Keep indicting him on nonsense. Going on extended <laughs> decades and sleep, sleep, sleep. That's what he wants to do. He wants to sleep and he wants to go to the beach and sleep. He thinks he looks good in a bathing suit. He doesn't. <laughs> and then, no, that's Russ cooking. Did Russ you cooking you see at the one. end there, he said he, he doesn't. And then it just flashes to Trump 2024. It's perfect. <laughs> and it's like a really slow, like, gradient. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just slow. He fades in all that's guess all he does is sleep 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 that's a that's a funny thing that i noticed this week was conservatives have been going crazy about joe biden's like vacation record yeah yeah i'm like this is this is literally back to like uh this is 2019 trump golfing yeah and so much of it is just body shaming which i think is gas <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah, just, just it's so <laughs> stupid but it's really funny uh i think we got one more that we could play too that i thought was uh pretty humorous all right let me roll the clip Joe Biden is totally controlled by China, Ukraine, and various other countries. They know everything about him, all of his misdeeds, and there are many. He's a corrupt person. He's a compromised president who is leading our country to hell. In the true sense, and I don't know if you know what this means, he is a Manchurian candidate. Just mean that it's not good. <laughs> the awkward pauses are everything to me. That I don't even care what he's saying. It's just when he just stops talking. He's, he's a, just like, man. trust me, you and I know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's so good because he just he must have just been told about the word or the phrase Manchurian candidate. One hundred percent. Because he keeps using it over and over, and I think that's really? hilarious. Yeah, he used that's it in the in the Tucker interview, and then he used it in this video. I'm guessing he's gonna keep saying it. It's kind of heat. Okay. You and I learn a new word. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, going crazy! Me and I expand my vocabulary. What a guy! I'm glad to see that he's back. I'm glad to see that he's cooking. Yeah, no. Wish on Twitter. Trump is really uh, cooking. Yeah. President vacation discourse is always crazy. Mm-hmm. That, that's a fun time. I love how the conservatives, this, the pot calling the kettle black every single time. Trump went golfing like every day yeah. during his presidency, so that's good. And that's it was good. it was like over the course. It was like over the course of four or five days. Trump posted at least like thirty reels on Instagram. Really? Which I don't know who's got to teach him about the algorithm, but that's not how you do it. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to spam post. You want to spread out your content over uh, over several weeks so you can get maximum viewership. But Take it from us. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but he was spam posting, and those were two of my favorites. Others were just, you know, talking about Ukraine, talking about other random shit. But, uh, yeah, Trump was spam posting, and that's why I he love him. All of them with crooked Joe Biden. Some of them were crooked Joe Biden. Some of them were uh, deranged Jack Smith. That's oh, a new one. Oh, because he's mad about the indictment. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So that's I, their whole strategy, after all. Part of me wonders if this is him in, like, death throes, knowing that he's about to go to jail. <laughs> so he's trying to he, much like Andrew Tate he's trying to post his way out of it you know what I'm saying true mm-hmm. true Could man be. this this guy I'm glad to see that he's back though really yeah. this is the most back that I feel like he's been in the last couple of months we're so back yeah we're Trump so is back. Trump is so back but you know who's not back who's not Mitch back? McConnell Mitch McConnell's not doing well <laughs> For every we're so back, we have a it's so over. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Mitch McConnell has been uh, I'm sure everybody saw it by this point, but he was taking some he was taking softball questions at some Kentucky yeah. press conference, I think, and he froze again. This is the second time he's done this. I don't know what it is, but every time he freezes, you know, of of the two times, really a one hundred percent record, he gets in there and he looks scared. Mm-hmm. He looks like staring at the devil himself and it has his own face he's crumbling under the weight of the of the unbearable sin really <laughs> yeah. he, he looks petrified and it's crazy because we're all watching this the entire nation mitch mcconnell yeah. is extremely unpopular but we're all watching and we know what's happening he's old <laughs> that that's all this he's just really old yeah but he is in yeah. he's in he is like the second most powerful person in the senate right now he's been in the senate for Longer Ever. than we've be al- been alive. Ever. And he has he has exerted influence and political power over so many different things, especially the court system. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's he's dying right in front of us. And there's nothing yeah. we can do to get him out of power. He can run again. It's crazy. He can, he can do whatever he wants. And I, I can't wait to see him, once the election really gets ramping up next year, come through and, uh, I don't know, retweet or talk about calls for Sleepy Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got no room to stand on here. He's so per- – yeah, how can any Republican look at this and be like, yeah, Joe is sleepy, Joe's asleep at the wheel, and then look at Mitch McConnell <laughs> and they're like, this is a well-functioning, very good senator, a great representative of the people. Look at Mitch McConnell. That's our guy. Yeah. That's our guy. <laughs> oh, He's man. having a goof. The gerontocracy is uh, doing its thing, I guess. Man, it's good. It's good. Welcome. Oh, oh. Well, welcome back to the show. Sorry, between the cold open and when the intro's rolling and I got nothing to do with my hands, I like to just whip out my uh, feminist literature books and just start going crazy on the feminist literature. Let me put that away. I'm actually on the show at hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry we had to interrupt you. I know you love reading feminist literature. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. I see you got somebody else to corroborate my story. I just, I'm always reading feminist literature. And when nothing else to do or say. Unlike that guy on TikTok, it's real feminist literature. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching the video, you could probably tell something's a little different. It probably sounds a little different. Uh, oh, absolutely. We're on Zoom today, baby. Yeah. We've expanded our horizons. Today's the first day in a long time, little look ahead, that we're talking about COVID-19. And it's really, uh, really apt, really poignant today because the studio is infected. Uh, as you know, I live with my girlfriend and she, she's down with the COVID. Exactly. Uh, this fucking liberal downstairs is going crazy with the sickness. Mm-hmm. And uh, look at what it's done. We Look get, at what it's. Uh, I know in the in the the Lord's year of 2023, I'm on Zoom. I can't go to work in person. Yeah, the Lord's year of 2023. I'm wearing a mask in my own home. 
what the fuck is going on? Plandemic, <laughs> Plandemic 2.0, uh, the woke mind virus has struck again, and now I'm on Zoom. I'm relegated to talking to my coworker through a screen. Exactly. We're working on Zoom right now. We're working from home. Yeah. Can you believe this? But Can you believe this? I, I hope this, uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you can see that we're on Zoom, I hope this fully exemplifies our commitment to the podcast. We weren't going to let a, a Sunday pass us by without covering the news. Uh, and uh, Like a preacher preaching his sermon, we've always got to come to the Sunday service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every week. And with that, I will remind you all to go get some merch. we got our our mugshot merch out now. Three different shirts you can buy. The, the racketeering a- collection. Yeah, the racketeering collection. The Eras shirt, very popular. Yeah. Very popular. So- uh, many is that our people are saying bestseller. There you say it's a bestseller of the of the racketeering the collection seller. for sure. Oh my god, that's good. Um, I'll also remind you all, of course, go check out the Patreon, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Hit us up, become a patron, join us for the Sunday sermon, or you could stay Wednesday, Wednesday weenie. But I would suggest Sunday. Yes, mm-hmm, always. Mm-hmm. And before you know, we uh, keep up with the news cycle, you won't become a victim like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we got, if you want to support us entirely for free, of course, you can leave a five-star review on Apple. I think we only got one. to. Actually, I don't think we have any today, but there was one on Patreon that I'd missed from yeah. last week. I promised we would do it last week, and then we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> classic and, it's becoming a pattern dare i say i committed i said i promise you we'll read this on the next episode I, and then i didn't but then i remembered to put it in this one so we I, got it right here and i'll read it this is from a, a patron tay tay they say this was my first political podcast ever i ever listened to and i immediately fell in love with the vibe of these two as a member of the lgbtqia in a deep red district in Schitsylvania, listening ooh. to these two made me feel not so alone these two are the sole reason I've been radicalized. Sole reason. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> and I'm I'm currently radicalizing more of my friends and putting them onto the pod. I've been listening for about six months and I've already finished the backlog twice. Keep up the amazing work. Let's keep this non-parasocial relationship going far into the future. P.S. So P.S. Go sub to patreon.com slash head in the office pod and shed that Wednesday weenie title like I have. That's what I'm saying, dear reviewer. Oh my goodness! But basically, what I'm hearing is that we're just like COVID. You know what I'm saying? We'd be spreading through our friends. Uh, we're a fraud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all been a hoax. This has been a two-year-long social experiment by Prager University. And we're making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And we got we got one review from uh, Instagram today. Okay. This one is: I try to avoid white men as much as possible especially ones with microphones. So when I saw y'all's video on my For You page three weeks ago, I was confused how it got there. Head in the Office finds a way to make depressing news funny and easy to follow. I'm a queer black woman living in Florida, uh, sad face. It's so nice to listen to people that aren't fucking stupid like a majority of Florida's population. I've been slowly making my way through the podcast archives and I've indoctrinated a couple friends to be fellow hitto heads. I hope to graduate to a Sunday supremacist when I get a big girl job, but until then, I'll keep streaming and supporting y'all as a Wednesday weenie. Well, thank you so much. Thank you Model. so much for that review. Uh, and so, just, just so you all, Estrella. Yeah, just so you all know, if you uh, if you hear sirens in the background, uh, loud cars, I can't help it. Can't. <laughs> We're working can from do. home today. Yeah. <laughs> We're working from home. It's ridiculous. I'm in the live stream. Exactly. And and before we get into the news here, uh, there was a surprise that I wanted to share with you, Gage. I wanted to do this in person. But okay. as we've been relegated to Zoom today and possibly next week, I figured Thank I would you. I would do it on here. But it's a it's a it's a present, if you will, a gift. A, pre- a gift, really? I got these on cheap uh, for clearance. Check this out. It's backwards, but it says "abolish the FBI." No. It's a hat. Where did you get that at? So, do you remember Perry Johnson? Yeah. So Perry Johnson, he's running for president. 
Republican candidate, he has no chance of winning. He was doing <laughs> the Doug Burgum thing, but with merch. He was selling oh. these hats for $1, no shipping cost. $1, no shipping? And, yeah, I, I bought two of them. So he got one for each of us. <laughs> We, we could we can wear them on the next live and, stream we'll cover a debate round two come on like this is it says abolish the fbi it's just a basic white hat there's I no th there's not a single bit of branding from perry johnson at all it just says abolish the fbi so i figured i had to especially because with it being only one dollar we're ripping him off you know what i mean <laughs> that's what that's what i'm saying it had to cost more to produce that yeah yeah like it, it had is it embroidered it's embroidered and now uh -huh. i i looked on the website because my girlfriend wanted one uh, because these these came in like on Saturday, and they're now up to twenty seven dollars. <laughs> really, and we yes. got it for a month. We got two dollars for both of them. Oh, talk about a steal! What can I say? Oh my goodness! Yeah. So hopefully next week I can uh, deliver this beautiful, beautiful headwear to you in person. But we'll see. Yeah, I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait. That's that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right, I think it's uh, time to get into the news. That's right. Time to get news. Time to get pandemic two point Yeah, it's back. Uh, the the liberals are coming through trying to stop the red wave. Mm -hmm. Talking about lockdowns and vaccine mandates. Yeah, if you all have been paying attention to Twitter or I'm sure Facebook, 100. percent But I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know. Or just been watching the news or anything, you'll notice that there's been a, a sharp increase in conservatives talking about lockdowns coming back. And yeah. when this first started happening about two weeks ago, I was very confused because there's been no lockdown measures at all, really anywhere. That I've There's really no measures for anything anywhere mm -hmm. that I've noticed. I see a handful of people wearing masks when I go to work and I go out and that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the only it, remnant of the pandemic that's around. I had seen somebody, I think a week ago at this point or so, somebody was like, yeah, Germany's fully locked down again with uh, mask mandates back in place. I looked this up. Not true. They're just lying. <laughs> they just made it up. But there is um, there is some news to talk about when it comes to COVID. Even people like Donald Trump in the uh, in the spam posting that he was doing, even yeah. Donald Trump was saying things like lockdowns are coming back, even though lockdowns began under him. Yeah, he that's Whatever. his thing. Yeah, him. He did that and vaccines like that's crazy. Yeah, but there are there are some uh, COVID some pieces of, of COVID news that I think we should talk about. So it is true that COVID-related hospitalizations are back on the rise, according to the CDC. Since July, uh, as of today, which is September 3rd, they've increased yeah. by about 39%, which oh. is, it seems pretty high, but it's already from pretty low numbers, uh, considering how we've, uh, considering previous hospitalization rates throughout the pandemic. So it's an increase. It's notable. It's not trivial, but it's not as if, you know, the entire country is being locked down right now. So... Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And according to The Independent, this has led to a couple of schools and hospitals reinstating mask mandates, but that's really it. It's a far cry from lockdowns or vaccine mandates, uh, especially as conservatives have been just screeching about those going back in place. I haven't seen any evidence that there's been vaccine mandates, which we never had to begin with, by the way. And I've never, yeah. I haven't seen any evidence of lockdowns so far. It, I guess it could happen if this variant pops off, but I, I do not see any reality where we return to like 2020 era COVID lockdowns. I just don't see it happening. Absolutely not. The only I forgot that vaccine mandates were even a thing. And the yeah. only time that I was reminded of vaccine mandates over the last like, I don't know, nine months was when I started my new job and they said, yeah, we're not doing those anymore. You don't have to get the new shot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, all right. Sick. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, apparently the CDC is looking to have a new vaccine out for this strand specifically. It's called Aris. There's some like more scientific 
code for okay. it that I'm unaware yeah. of. Maybe they, some fancy acronym. Yeah, they they plan to have a vaccine out for it in mid to late September. But I I feel like an increase in cases at a time when we're going into the fall, people are returning from vacations, going back to school, going back to work. I feel like this is pretty regular at this point. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's anything to write home about. I guess it could end up being something much larger, but from my standpoint, I don't really see anything to worry about too much. I mean, keep yourself safe, of course, get vaccinated when you can, but uh, it's definitely not the uh, the 1984 George Orwell big government lockdown that they're talking about. No, absolutely. Unlike conservatives, I can see that things are spiking and think, okay, maybe it's because of this, but ultimately I'm going to leave it to the experts to decide. And we're also approaching flu season. So it's like, there's going to be a natural jump there too. Now, of course, all of this comes at a time as pandemic regulations have basically been done away with. They basically don't exist anymore. And I think what's happening here is conservatives are taking a look at all their culture war items that they're pushing on, you know, wokeness, Ukraine, stuff like that. And I think they're realizing that they're pretty fucked electorally. So I think what's happening is they're desperately trying to find an issue they can fearmonger about that will actually resonate with people and draw people to their side. Nobody wants lockdowns again. Nobody wants things to go back to how they felt under COVID with never being able to see your loved ones, people dying all the time, constantly being worried about COVID. Like no one wants to do that. But I think Republicans think that if they can recapture people's anger about lockdowns, at least on on their side of the electorate, that they can galvanize some resistance to Democrats. But I I really don't think this is going to work because this is what Ron DeSantis has been trying to do, uh, saying that he kept Florida open. And I just I don't think this kind of messaging really works at a time when I don't think anyone genuinely believes that lockdowns are happening right now. I don't think it's a politically useful thing to do. You're not getting any new voters doing this. You're only getting the people who were so brain rotten enough to vote for conservatives anyway. Right. Like, I feel like this isn't an electoral strategy that can work to gain moderates because the only people that are feeding into this are so fucking brain broken that they can't they can't not they can't help themselves yeah. when it comes to here in lockdowns and just getting going crazy. And it's it's sad that those people still exist, but they do make up a very small minority of the voting base. So they're not going to be deciding elections. At least I, I hope not. No, absolutely not. And I think a large portion of it is the same people that go crazy about um, uh, groomers and uh, gay people, yeah. be, kids being allowed to see gay people exist. I think it's the there's a, there's a large bit of overlap between them, and they're very vocal. Yeah. In the yeah. Things that they dislike. Also, if we do want to just engage in the conspiracy theory a little bit, if it was pandemic two, why not do something cooler than COVID? You know what I'm saying? Come up with a different yeah. virus. Or why not drop like COVID three? Yeah. You know, instead of a new variant, why not drop super COVID? Like, it's just so banal. It's so unoriginal that it's like, yeah. why wouldn't they choose something cooler if they want to do like a, <laughs> a a global lockdown to control everybody? Of course, these conspiracy theories never make sense and they often lack clear motivations. But they I, I think that it's not the point that they are attempting to make sense or be logical. I think what Republican think tanks and conservatives are doing is picking a conclusion, which is lockdowns are back and working backwards from there to try to justify it. And I I just don't think it's going to work. I can't wait till next year when there's another natural spike at the end of summer. And then all of a sudden conservatives are talking about, oh, well, you see, they're actually dropping a new variant so that they can initiate mail-in balloting yet again so they can steal this election. Well, that's what they've been calling this. They've been saying that this is the COVID election variant. But of course, the problem is voting (laughs) doesn't happen. Right. This isn't an election year. Voting even for the primary doesn't start until February. 
And if your idea, I think it's February for the Iowa caucus. And if your idea is that they're trying to steal this for Joe Biden, voting doesn't happen until November of next year, over a year away. So how could this be? (laughs) How could this be the election variant? I don't get it. They'd have to be cooking for a long time for Plandemic 2.0 to really take effect. And if they're if if that's really what's going on, I think I'd have to give it to them. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of dedication. If if they could pull this off, then I think it would prove an amount of uh yeah, motivation and dedication that we never see in politics, and we should just give it to them. <laughs> it's admirable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a like an evil plan, a master plan coming through. Nobody works this hard anymore. And if they're willing to do that <laughs> to get Joe Biden elected, you know what? Give it to the Democrats. Yeah. I've never, I've not seen this much initiative out of them ever in my lifetime. So go for it. <laughs> back when conservatives were talking about people need to get back to work, people aren't working hard enough. You know who works the least? Fucking like campaign strategists, bro. Mm-hmm. They're, they're cooking right now if this is what's actually happening. And yeah. I got to applaud that. You, you have to. You got to respect As it. As someone who values hard work, like I get on here do every sunday like unfortunately i don't think uh democrats are trying that hard i think they're okay if they lose elections they're definitely not trying to overthrow it with a some contrived overly complicated plot to convince people there's a new strand like that's just not happening Uh oh literally yeah uh anyways is that enough covid news or do we got more Oh, no. We have some more COVID news. And this one's coming from the U.S. Fifth Circuit of Appeals. We've talked about them a lot. Notoriously conservative, notoriously always on the wrong side of crazy decisions. And this time they're coming through to allow a case to move forward that was brought by three doctors who alleged that the FDA overstepped their advisory role in their condemnation of ivermectin as a COVID-19 treatment. Um, The three doctors. (laughs) They're alleging that the FDA's campaign against ivermectin, like their information campaign, directly harmed their practice as they lost professional privileges due to their ivermectin advocacy. One doctor said that they lost admitting privileges at the Texas hospital, while another said that they lost their position at a medical school and a hospital as a result. So originally, this lawsuit was thrown out by a judge based on the FDA's sovereign immunity, which is basically you can't just sue the government in a civil case for nothing unless they really did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And the fifth circuit said oh no the fda the 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 i don't know foremost authority on drug safety overstepped their authority when telling you hey this drug isn't safe that's crazy isn't that what they're supposed to do (laughs) that's what i thought that's what i thought but the the fifth circuit of appeals is saying that um what the fda did stepped out of their advisory role and the fda can't come out and explicitly recommend or like condemn drugs which i is don't they recommend drugs all the time i guess uh i'm not that familiar with the law and the fda and exactly what they're able to do but yeah. i feel like advising seems the same as saying hey don't take this <laughs> you know That's what i mean what i'm saying because to advise you kind of have to recommend and you have to position something over another thing and there's an inherent condemnation when you do anything like that mm-hmm. yeah and what they were doing was coming out here and saying hey nothing has been done to prove that ivermectin is safe to treat this one disease specifically and a lot of this lawsuit hinges on the fact that F- some of fda's marketing was like you're not a horse yeah. Because I've been popular horse dewormer. We've talked about it before back when COVID was popping off like crazy. And they're saying, yeah, that was actually too much. FDA, you can't do that. Right. You can't, yeah. you can't do marketing to help keep people safe. But like, whatever. And so uh, that's that's pretty gas. I love how n- all the new COVID news really just hit again. And we're reopening lawsuits that got dismissed a year ago just for the hell of it. You know, conservatives will say that, like, oh, the the COVID propaganda is coming back and Democrats are going to try to take away your freedoms again. 
If anything, yeah. the stories today suggest to me that conservatives are doing some effort in unison to bring COVID propaganda back and to scare people just in the opposite <laughs> direction. Because, I, I mean, again, I haven't seen any evidence that Democrats are doing this. It just yeah. seems like conservatives, even those that occupy um, uh, powerful positions in, a, in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, are kind of hopping on this um, this COVID bandwagon of, of fear mongering once again, or at least bringing it back into the headlines. I don't know. And just just restarting out of nowhere. And it's like the funniest thing about this to me is that these three doctors are trying to sue the FDA by saying that their information campaign caused their like professional career to be in shambles. But I feel like it's very reasonable to argue that the fact that they went against scientific consensus in a scientific field and the scientific leaders in that field disciplined them for it is kind of enough to justify why they lost their authority. Right. You yeah. know what? It's you don't have to make a bunch of leaps to get to that conclusion. You don't have to go through and say mm, the specific wording of this FDA campaign must have gone and influenced the leaders at this hospital to then think that these specific doctors were doing this outside of what medical consensus says that the FDA was putting forward with this campaign. Also, importantly, even if this case goes through and the FDA is deemed to have overstepped their authority or whatever, that doesn't mean that ivermectin works. But I think a lot of conservatives yeah. will treat it as though this court says ivermectin officially works. This court rules oh, that the FDA will. was wrong. Like that's that's not what's going on here. Even if this case, you know, even if they take this case further and the FDA is proven to have done something wrong, that doesn't yeah. mean that conservatives were right. It's it's wholly a procedural thing. It seems to me. Mm -hmm. One one hundred percent. It's it's incredibly pedantic. But if they somehow win, which I don't think they're going to, it's it's going to be hell, bro. It's going to be ivermectin discourse two point oh, and I'm not prepared to deal with it. I'm really not. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be crazy. Also, I don't have this in the show notes anywhere. But have you yeah. seen have you seen what's going on with Doja Cat? I saw the pictures of her like. I don't know, in devil makeup or yes. something. Yeah, well, yeah, that, I that. that's what I'm referring to. I, she can do whatever she wants. I don't care about what yeah. she's doing, but I am very excited for the uh, conservative backlash that will inevitably come from this, just like the Lil Nas X drama when he twerked <laughs> on the devil or whatever. It's going to be fun. And then he dropped like shoes with like blood in them. And they're, they're like Air Max 95 dupes with blood in yeah. them or something. And then I think Doja Cat also got, there's like conservative backlash when she like dressed up in like, I can't even say she dressed up in all red, but she had that weird funky makeup on to go to like, was it the Met Gala? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Same thing happened. Them. Same thing happened with Sam Smith at the Grammys yep. or at the VMA, wherever Sam Smith did that one performance. The uh, satanic panics just coming back with little fervor and not as much force as I'd like it to. Yeah. And I feel like I can tell at this point that a lot of singers or artists or whatever are doing this explicitly to get conservatives to react because it yeah. keeps them in the head. Like, it's pretty obvious that they're <laughs> they're rage baiting here and it's working. They're getting it's it done. Strategy. Yeah. That's it. Like, you can just look at the picture and move on, bro. Like, that's all you got to do. Uh, speaking of Satan, it might be time to talk about Joe Biden. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying, actually. Uh, this time, though, we're talking about Joe Biden in a, in a positive light, although this isn't directly Joe Biden's work. He is, of course, related to it because we're talking about the uh, NLRB. Um, yeah. But basically, Joe Biden's a hero of the proletariat this week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do tell. So, in some pretty big news uh, that I think was was generally overlooked, I haven't seen it reported much for reasons we can get into. Uh, the NLRB, which is the National Labor Relations Board, set mm -hmm. a new uh, gave out a, a new set of rules about forming unions in your workplace, and it it greatly shifts power towards unions. And again, I haven't seen this covered really? much. 
But the NLRB, for those that don't know, it, they oversee union elections and labor disputes. It's a fairly broad jurisdiction. Some of this also goes to, goes to like state courts and stuff like that. But the NLRB, for the most part, deals with a lot of uh, labor disputes, stuff like that, um, when there's like union busting and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, they're the people that uh, made every Starbucks in the country put up a list of all the labor violations that the CEO engaged in. And also, I think, made the CEO send an apology video out to everyone. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. We covered that. They did that. It's pretty sick. Yeah, the NLRB is uh, it's a board that's a point. It's a part of the federal, a part of the executive branch. And this mm -hmm. it's a board that's appointed by the president. Uh, so Biden has quite a bit of sway when it comes to the ideological makeup of the board. Of course, under Trump, they were pretty conservative. They were not very nice to unions. Under Biden, it seems they're uh, expanding what unions can do and expanding the power unions have. So this is a quote straight from the NLRB website. I'll just read exactly what their ruling said. It said, quote, under the new framework, when a union requests recognition on the basis that a majority of employees in an appropriate bargaining unit have been have been have designated the union as the representative, an employer must either recognize and bargain with the union or promptly file a petition seeking an election. However, if an employer who seeks an election commits any unfair labor practice, that would require setting aside the election, the petition will be dismissed, and rather than rerunning the election, the board will order the employer to recognize and bargain with the union. So pretty huge. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, pretty huge. This does two things. First, it makes it so... The onus of responsibility for a union election isn't on the union, but instead is on the employer. So if yeah. the employer doesn't call for a union election, the union just has to be recognized legally. They don't have to take a vote if they're claiming they got majority support. If the employer wants to contest so that, sad. if the employer wants to contest that um, uh, opinion of the union, they have to file the, for the election. And two, it also makes committing an unfair labor practice uh, charge super expensive. Like they immediately get recognized if you do any ULP. And that's going to yeah. make it pretty impossible for union busting to occur, especially if the NLRB stays this, um, I don't know, woke <laughs> on labor <laughs> issues. So this is this is only good news. This is great news for for unions around the country that are trying to form at least. That's crazy. But it's also one of those things where I would have thought that it, this was already the status quo. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I would have already thought that this was something that was out here. Like you vote to form a union, you should be immediately recognized. Yeah. Um, uh, it's good that it's here now, but it's one of those things where it's like, fuck, man, that's how far back we were. Well, yeah, and, and that's what's uh, that's the context of all of this that makes me a little sad is that this is like the most pro-union thing to have happened since FDR. <laughs> and it, like the bar is in hell, but we've surpassed it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. It's all about progressing relative to where we were before. Sometimes you have to meet people where they were at. Yeah. How it worked previously, I think, is you had to you had to do a union card drive and get, I don't know, some yeah. percentage of, of union members to sign a card. And then you can tell your employer, hey, it's it's time to bargain. We've got more than half of our workplace on board. And then you'd have to they could just say no. And they, they didn't <laughs> want to do that. They could just <laughs> ignore you. And then you had to file for a union election. And then they could basically union bust as much as they wanted, uh, things like putting up flyers, intimidating workers, that sort of thing. And there was yeah. basically no consequence other than if the NLRB was feeling it, they could say, yeah, you got to redo the election. But here they're saying, no redoing the election. If they commit an unfair labor practice, you just win, which is gas. That's so cool, man. Yeah. If only something like this was around when Amazon workers were trying to unionize yeah. in Alabama. Yeah. And I, I got to think that this is in direct response to Amazon and... Um, Starbucks, Starbucks. Uh, John Deere, and a, a couple. Uh, John Deere might have. No, they were on strike. They they weren't trying for a union. What was the other yeah. place? Those I can't remember what other uh, big was one it, was trying for a union. 
I don't know. I don't know. Amazon and Starbucks were the big ones, though, certainly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Amazon and Starbucks both committed a litany of unfair labor practices, <laughs> uh, hiring people that Democrats paid previously, by the way, uh, to come in and just union bust as much as possible, intimidate workers, no, all that kinds of stuff. You could have a union or you could have a PS5. Like, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you could pay your union dues or you could get a PS5. Yeah, but now that kind of stuff is uh, hopefully not going to happen. Now, it's likely that employers will respond to this by just calling for a union election anytime they hear anything about a union. But I think yeah. uh, in that case, if your employer is going to do that, it should be easier to win now that they can't just um, completely undo the democratic process of voting. <laughs> so that's good, right? It's all around a W. That is good. This is big, big W's for labor. Now, of course, this isn't the, um, the be all end all of class warfare. And Biden has had a let's say mixed record on labor at best <laughs> but uh, this is this is still good any inch given to the worker should be um, exploited for more power um, so generally I think it's a good thing there was also I think the Secretary of Labor who I can't remember who it is under Biden and okay. Janet Yellen uh, Department oh. of the Treasury Secretary of the Treasury both of them said like yeah a lot of our problems right now is just uh, not big enough unions we don't have enough unions in the country which is good right generally a good thing <laughs> That is good, especially when unionization is on the rise over the last two years, despite being down like tremendously. Yeah. It is on the rise again. And the more that we can have support from the people higher up, the more easier that it will be for the uh, the momentum to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And the NLRB had another ruling that was admittedly a bit more vague back at the beginning of August. I, I think that's why we didn't cover it, because I didn't yeah. fully understand its context. But basically, it cracks down on some workplace rules that make organizing a union more difficult, which is a little different from what's happening here. But altogether, okay. it's um, a couple of rulings from the NLRB and vocal support from various people in the cabinet which is, um, again, the bar is in hell, but it's it's better than what we've got in a very long time. Big facts. Yeah. Big facts. And, I mean, it, anybody that's on the left should recognize that any any tiny modicum of power we can seize from people, even if it's just social power, uh, should be exploited as much as possible. Because the labor oh, yeah. movement in this country is not in, good, uh, not in a good shape. They give an inch, we take a mile. Come Exa on now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, altogether, good news, though. Altogether great news, but is it is it time to move on to some unfortunate news? Yeah, some bad news. Yeah. Uh, so last Monday, about uh, w which is just like a day, I think it was probably less than 24 hours after we recorded mm -hmm. the last episode, uh, there was a mass shooting in Jacksonville, Florida. It resulted in the deaths of three black people. Now, the race here is important because this was a race-based attack, which we'll get into. Uh, it was a hate. It was a hate crime. Like, yeah. it, it, plain and simple, it was a hate crime. The shooter here was a 21-year-old white man who had writings uh, that were found by his parents describing his hatred for black people and other minority groups. His weapons, uh -huh. uh, his weapons also had swastikas drawn on them. No ambiguity. You know, it must be a psyop, really. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've, and I've, I've, I've seen people say that. No way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of right-wingers have just straight up backed away from this, not said anything, which is the smart thing to do. A couple of them... Uh, including Vivek, our boy Vivek came in and said like, oh, well, he, he suggested that it was the fault of affirmative action for dividing the country further. Come on. It was That's crazy. That's crazy, bro. You already won the affirmative action decision. <laughs> what do you what do you need to do and bring it back? Like, Yeah, he, he had said that we had like a legal system set up meant to divide based on race. And what he was implying was yeah. it's affirmative we, action. 
We do have legal systems meant to divide based on race. The prison system. Like, what? what is bro cooking? Like, we have sentencing disparities. We have crack cocaine. Like, come yeah. on. Uh, typically, when mass shootings happen, we all play this game. And by we, I mean, like, uh, people in the people that are political commentators, politicians, yeah. that kind of thing. Everyone plays the game to try to assign them to an ideology. Uh, it's pretty explicit here. No ambiguity. Oh, he did it himself. And usually, it's always pretty explicit. But, like, I mean... At least this guy was a white guy instead yeah. of a Hispanic guy with what a swastika tattoo like last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's like he was Hispanic last time. They got to claim no, 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 no. He can't be one of us. Well, they said he must be an immigrant, uh, even though he literally had a swastika tattoo. Yeah. And then back when there was that, um, was it a trans woman that shot up a school? Uh, a couple yeah, of months yes. ago they were like oh they're still talking about it yeah they were like oh they must have been a radical leftist when there's literally no evidence to suggest that that was the case the the trans shooter is still like all over twitter and r slash conservative like every week they keep bringing up how why haven't they let us see in the manifesto why haven't they let us see in their journal huh is because they're trying to hide one of their own is, yeah. is that what's going on it's like the first trans shooter in like 80 years <laughs> to do anything uh -huh. like that and they're like this must be representative of the entire left but no there's yeah. there's no ambiguity here uh this guy was racist he was a neo-nazi he was trying to kill black people in jacksonville and he uh accomplished his task before i think he he took his own life which is um it's the, how yeah. a lot of shooters end it right now yeah what's interesting to talk about with this story is the more uh, the, the political implications on DeSantis himself, of course, this was in his state of Florida. So he he got off the campaign trail and came back to Jacksonville uh, shortly after the shooting happened to talk about yeah. resources that would be directed to victims and the families and the community. Um, nothing he said was particularly egregious. He didn't get up there and do racial agitprop as far as I could tell. But he was nice. he was booed by the crowd for quite a while. And, really? Just like for his presence, just for being there? Yeah, when he tried to talk, he was just booed. And one of the Democratic City Council people, I think, she had to come in and be like, hey, guys, let's just listen to what he has to say and we'll work together. So it was it was crazy. He was just getting booed like crazy. I feel like conservatives are starting to turn on DeSantis. And I, I say that for my brief time on the r slash conservative this morning. So when I was scrolling through trying to find stuff this week, uh, there, there's this one thing out of Florida where they had an election map overturned. It was deemed unconstitutional, but mm -hmm. it wasn't super fruitful outside of that. But I was reading the comments of what conservatives were saying and r slash conservative where only flared users can post that's in their little safe space. And everyone was like, yeah, fuck DeSantis. Like, of course he would do something like this is the only unconstitutional thing he's done. I'm like, what? So they're they're coming out against DeSantis? Yeah, a bunch of them were. And I was I was really confused. I was confused. And I wonder if people are starting to turn on him. Sample size is pretty low, but uh yeah. I feel like yeah. it, it speaks for itself. I mean, maybe, but uh, did they really like DeSantis for him being such a law and order, strict to the Constitution guy? I thought they liked him because he was, you know, racist. And that's exactly why they like him because he doesn't like LGBTQ people. Right. Like that's it. That's it. He he kept a little bit of Florida open, kind of, and he hates gay people. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but the thing I really want to talk about here is that we always do the song and dance, as I said, trying to assign political ideologies to shooter. Uh, but here, a mass shooting happens. It's clear what the conditions were that motivated this attack. It's clear what this person's ideology was. And yeah. then the thing that always happens, even when the, the shooter is explicitly racist doing a hate crime, as we've seen before, right-wing politicians come in because they have to talk about it, especially if they're the governor of yeah. the state. They have to say something. 
And these right-wing politicians will act all solemn. They'll pretend like they care. But this is all after, of course, DeSantis has basically led a war on black history in the classrooms. He rejected the AP African-American history course. Uh, he, mm-hmm. He's defunded DEI programs and colleges, and he wrote a law saying that companies can't do it in the state of Florida. He, and he said that slavery wasn't entirely bad. Yeah, he, he said slavery was a little bit justified. Ron, to slavery wasn't so bad. Exactly. Uh, he, he has fought to get CRT banned in every avenue that he can find. I think it's pretty glaringly obvious why a shooter in Florida would feel emboldened to do something like this. I I, oh, and I feel like that's not that controversial of a take, right? No, ab- absolutely not. And it, it it goes without saying, but I will anyway. That obviously, especially uh, when when Ron DeSantis is the governor, you're they're not even gonna address the underlying issue that is how easy it is to get a gun, uh, how yeah. easy it is to duck red flag laws, just all of that. And I don't even know if this time they're gonna go on about mental health. Yeah. Just empty platitudes about how, oh, we need more mental health care without actually wanting to do anything about it legislatively. And it's also notable that when DeSantis did his press conference and as he's talked about it in the media, he hasn't come out and condemned this guy as a racist shooter. He hasn't really I mean, he's he's mentioned that it was race based, but he hasn't done much to say like, uh, oh, this guy had swastikas drawn on his weapons. And, you know, he, he hasn't done the kind of. Uh, strong condemnation that you would expect from, say, a Democratic senator that came out and talked about this. Yeah, And that's because I think we've seen the past several months that DeSantis, in his own campaign, has Nazis in his ranks. I was going to say, maybe the one guy that made the Nazi promo for him told him, hey, whoa, it's a it's a bad idea to condemn this guy. And he took it to heart. He's like, oh, okay, you're right. I trust you and your judgment. And he he did come out and say, like, yeah, this shooter was bad. Like, obviously, he's not pulling for the shooter here. Yeah, but he was a bad guy. But you can, that's all I'm going to say. You can tell in his rhetoric he's individualizing this and not taking it as the broad critique of conservative ideology that it should be because he if he did that, then it's up for him, right? He he can't possibly uh-huh. use this as a understand this as a critique of what conservatives have been doing. Otherwise, where does that put him? Uh, it's pretty yeah. obvious what he's trying to do, especially as uh, we've seen throughout, at least since um, 2021, according to FBI statistics, that hate crimes are at an all-time high, uh, or at least a, a, a recent high in modern history. Um, and we've seen a lot of these are race-based attacks. And you, like, obviously, it's exceedingly unlikely that you as an individual listening to this would ever be the victim of a hate crime. But what we should analyze is the overarching political environment that makes stochastic acts like this more likely and i think we can point to a conservative movement that has thoroughly attacked black history in the classroom crt etc as a proxy for saying that um i don't know we're racist still yeah and and it's also although you are unlikely to yourself be the victim of such like an egregious hate crime like this, it's the fact that it could happen. It's the fact that it's a reasonable possibility with the political climate that we exist in now that someone can just go out there and feel so emboldened by white supremacist rhetoric to get out and do another mass shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, right wing politicians always backpedal when things like this happen. Uh-huh. But but that's the point, right, is that they use the rhetoric to inflame the feelings of racist white people and then racist white people go out and do things like this that are they're clearly racist wrote about it had swastikas on their weapons uh and then they they back away as if they have no responsibility for any of the rhetoric they put out there i mean if mm-hmm. if you're if you as DeSantis are going to spend uh what a couple of years now dedicating your political authority 
to getting rid of diversity trainings or, or getting rid of diversity <laughs> as a whole, as a, as a goal across your state, then of course people are going to feel as though this kind of thing is justified because the, the person they look up to is, is saying it is. And it's like Ron DeSantis is probably one of, if not the guy that has made culture war issues so fucking popular yeah. the last few years. It's ridiculous how, how much responsibility that he carries for the discourse that we have every week. Yeah, and of course, this is all besides the fact that a lot of the time when Ron DeSantis or other right-wingers are talking about, say, affirmative action, for example, they're mm -hmm. doing it on behalf of, or they're, they're doing it to say white people are being discriminated against. Sometimes yeah. they say Asian people, but we know they mean white people are being discriminated against unfairly. But I think what this message sells to people that do attacks like this is that Ron DeSantis and other conservatives are fighting against the effects of multiculturalism and they're trying to protect the white race because it's all a euphemism, right? And mm -hmm. of course, we haven't gotten to the point where the euphemism has fully died, at least not yet. But I think it's it's pretty obvious what politicians like Ron DeSantis and all the, the rest of the GOP are trying to accomplish when they say things like um, diversity is not a strength or they come out against wokeness and CRT is something that is... Um, undermining Western civilization or destroying the Aaron. United States. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it, it's it's pretty clear. It it is it yeah. is there. Uh, Ron Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, Meatball Ron, Ron slavery wasn't that bad. <laughs> Whatever you want to call him, uh, not a good guy. No, not a good guy. Yeah, and this is all, of course, didn't even mention that when he was on the campaign trail in 2018, yeah. debating his candidate, a black man, on the debate oh, stage, no. he said, "Florida, don't monkey this up." I mean, come on, come on! It's, that's not a slip up you make, right? That's intentional. That's so fucked. That's so fucked. Oh my god! It's intentional. <laughs> uh, it, before we um, we end our our uh, agenda of news stories here today, we do have a little bit more news out of Florida. There was a recent hurricane that went through Florida and some other parts of the southeast. Luckily, I don't think there were that many deaths. I think there's one confirmed out of Florida, maybe a couple other yeah. places related to the storm, which is tragic, but it's it's not it's as bad as people thought. Yeah. No, it's no like uh, Hurricane Sandy mm -hmm. or whatever it was a while ago. It's uh, it, it wasn't as bad as some people felt like uh, predicted it to be because, you know, hurricanes, when they touch down, you never really know what's going to happen. So that's it's fortunate that it wasn't that bad, but still. Yeah, yeah. That, big slept through. There, there's not a ton of major news here to talk about, but it did force Biden and DeSantis to work together on disaster disaster funding and relief program, stuff like that, which is the same thing yeah. we saw last year with, um, was it Hurricane Ian that hit Florida, which was, I think, a lot worse than this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where, where he wore the white boots. The white boots, and yeah. We got the Florida cracker picture. We got the Florida cracker picture. We got yeah. DeSantis and the, the white boots <laughs> that were unblemished. <laughs> they were pristine <laughs> quality, not touched by any mud. That's crazy. Imagine tr trying to trying to claim that you're a working class guy, that you you fight for the working class, and showing up to a disaster in white boots. Like white I feel boots. Like right there, just it, that are pristine. Like thinking that you could even do that and get away with it is crazy. Pristine white boots that look untouched. They look in perfect condition. Like come on yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. God, dude, so beyond white collar. There, it's ridiculous. Didn't Desant? I feel like I'd seen some news about Desantis ducking like a meeting with Biden though. Yes, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so petty. They're so petty. I love it. I think DeSantis said at first, like, oh, we got it handled and we don't need, like, uh, federal authorities coming in and, I don't know, messing up supply chains or something like that. Biden still okay. showed up because it's a disaster and he's the president. And he's the president. <laughs> but DeSantis did try to duck him, yeah. 
I, I did see some people, I think it's in reaction to this, maybe to Biden showing up to here, start bringing up East Palestine again. Yeah. Which yeah. was wild. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's something we're talking about. Which obviously Biden should have went and visited East Palestine, especially if Trump did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an optical fumble. But I feel like to bring it up now, we're so beyond the point there. I don't know. Yeah, and East Palestine was, um, I think, different because it, it wasn't a natural disaster. It was human-caused because of our lack of regulation of the rail industry. That Trump did, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that Trump contributed to that, um, of course, Democrats haven't done enough to solve. But, uh, yeah, it, it was an optical loss for Joe Biden. But I don't think it, it would have been the same here. Um, of course, the, the Maui thing that we talked about last week was another optical loss for Biden. But in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, if we're just talking optics, not morality, Biden will be fine. I don't think this will play I, much I of a role. That's, that's, yeah, that's the angle I'm thinking of it from. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, all right, does that end our news segment for the week i think that does wrap us up for this week a uh, little bit of a short episode i got i i don't think i have covid mm-hmm. i'm probably obsessed. i feel like i got a little bit of covid brain going on with this one gang That's you know okay. the studio's infested it's all infested the liberals are taking over pandemic 2.0 yeah i really do hope that things don't close down again that would be really sad god that would suck i don't oh. I don't think it's gonna happen, but doing the podcast uh, from Zoom would be rough. We we would just be we'd be like all the content creators in in 2020 that do work with like yeah. other, other people. We'd have to be just like them, and that's not fair. We're different. That's not fair. I'm I'm built different. The chemistry it's crazy. It's there, but it's there. It's just hard over the over Zoom. You don't get it. We we got loyal patrons expecting <laughs> expecting good work out of us, and we can't do that if we're over Zoom. We just can't. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The 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 magic, the spice. It's just it's some some of it's lost. Also, we've spent um, a good chunk of change on equipment that we both use in person. <laughs> and we- yeah, and it was it was fucking hectic yesterday trying to go through all the equipment to try and split it up to figure out how we were gonna do it on yeah. Zoom. Cords for mixers we haven't used in two years just gone through the yeah. in the void. Something. Oh my goodness. We we can't uh we we can't let all that hard work putting the studio together go to waste. Um, especially yeah. not not because of a pandemic, another one. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, not not that there's even going to be another one. You know what I'm saying? Not exactly. that I'd even say that, but just uh, what if as a as a little thought experiment? Yeah, really. exactly. Uh, well, as uh, as a thought experiment to get you to maybe go and uh, check out Patreon.com/slash Head in the Office, so that mm-hmm. even if there's pandemic 2.0, we can run out of studio and quarantine it ourselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we can live there, we can eat there, do everything we need at that <laughs> studio. It, it's like the NBA bubble. Yeah, we can, we can the Hitto bubble, and we could just be in the hotel room, uh-huh. locked up. Like, like, man, you don't even understand how how rough it was in there at that five star resort. You know, what I'm talking <laughs> about? you know that LeBron video I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be locked up with everything I could possibly need. Exactly, bro. I, I do not want to enter the Hitto bubble. So so to thank the people that could mm. potentially keep us out or, I don't know, maybe even keep us in, mm. give a special thanks to Nikki Nine Lives, Caden Crowell, Lord T the Radiant, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, Talia Cots, 40% Spite, Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T, Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Dylan B, Kaz, uh, Caleb Joy, Jim Bobs, Carl D, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Mayer, Maldonado, Hunter W, Fergalaki, Max Vesquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Joe Stenstrom, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Gregory Isn't My Name, Very Yuck, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Crawfishing, Bennett Bennington Third, Alexia Benanti, Nietzsche, Big Booty Beatdown, Moises T, Sam Maloney, Two-Headed Boy, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, 
Cucker Tarlson, Daniel Jackson, The Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Signs, Aaron and His Gundamn Gundams, Darth Father, Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, Elian, John Glover, We Thief 69, Devin Hatchard, Retro Mondo, uh, uh, uh oh, I lost my place. Retro Mono, Meatball Minion, Emma the Dude Slayer, Claire McMillan, Breezy B, Elijah Murray, Veronica, aka V, Raxon, Ash Smith, The Grotler, Magic Ian 95, Flower Clown, Jasper and Garris, Beetlebugs, Three Crows in a Trench Coat, Lonnie Rogers, Slavic and Sapphic, Casey Lynn Kelly, Snake Eyes, and Hope of Giants, AK Gone, Aquana Don, Zach Lantian, Info Russell, Austin Greif, Marcus Corbett, Caleb Roper, Taylor Rensock, Ishi Teddy, Cami, Calliope, Reagan, Not Like the President, Pagan Jester, Tylen Freeman, Steak Daddy, Tay Tay, Isaac Hodges, Madeline C, Pab the Pab 69, Kayla Lowe, Anna Valenic, uh, Eduardo Diaz, KCC, Say Yes to Wes, August, Mason Crack, Howard the Duck, and my mom. Thank you all so much. Oh my goodness, so much. All you, all you beautiful, wonderful, kind, saved mm. people. Saved. Just- <laughs> I mean, I, if, if we're talking the chosen few, you know what I mean? You, you know how um, uh, RFK a couple weeks ago, RFK Jr. a couple weeks ago, not the yeah. one that was assassinated in the 60s, of course. <laughs> RFK Jr., he got on uh, some, he was at something, some conference, and he said that like okay. Ashkenazi Jewish people and Chinese people were able to <laughs> duck COVID. Well, now the next conspiracy theory, uh, when, when the pandemic 2 comes along, is that oh how did all of the patrons of head in the office duck the pandemic but everyone else oh, got it my goodness that's crazy all of the patrons were able to get it none of them got sick everyone's dead now everyone else <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's ridiculous what's going on somehow these engaged cooking up those uh 175 or so people over at uh, patreon.com slash head in the office pod just <laughs> they got infected and survived just fine without a vaccine what's going on here Conveniently, what's mm-hmm. going on here? It must be genetically targeted because <laughs> they all have a common genetic linker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you join head in the office, it's something biological that made you do that. <laughs> a transformation, really, a metamorphosis, if you will, uh-huh. that goes inside you, and you're Look, you're all you all become one. I've said it before. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. We are the cabal. We are the cabal, and you all, you you know, I I don't say this lightly. The one hundred like seventy five tribes of Hitto. That's that's what's going on here. Yeah. The elders of the the or the protocols of the elders of Hitto. That's us. <laughs> call, call those the show notes, baby. Yeah, what yeah. can I say? All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Abolish the FBI, and we'll catch you next I'm week. Cut myself off. Yeah. <laughs> have, a, have a great week. We'll catch y'all later.